Good Tidings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Good Tidings radio broadcast. I am your radio pastor, Dr. David Pinkerton, accompanied today with my lovely wife, Dorinda, and we're in the studios of WXAN Radio here on the sun-drenched hills of Ava, Illinois. It is 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We're glad that you're tuned in. We want you to notify a friend now. Let them know the Good Tidings radio broadcast is on. Uh, They can be found at 103.9 FM, also found on the Internet at WXANradio.com. And when it pulls up, click on the Listen Live link, and there you are. But we're glad to be part of the WXAN radio family here. Lifting up Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and playing the best uh, gospel music this side of heaven. Glad to be partnering here with with Danny and the good folks here on WXAN Radio, and glad to be a small part of the programming. Let your friends know about WXAN Radio. Continue to pray for the radio, please. Financially support the radio, and let people know. The Bible says exhorting one another, or in other words, encouraging one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. As Jesus return via the rapture draws nigh we need to be encouraging one another and so much the more and the good tidings radio program that dorinda and i have here is dedicated to encouraging you in your faith and your walk with jesus christ that's what this is all about we believe that's why god put it in our hands as well as evangelizing the lost so you pray for us we're excited we've had a wonderful week of our son brett being home in our hometown here in southern Illinois, all the way from Buffalo, and he's flying out here. As you're listening, he's about to fly back to Buffalo, New York. So we've had a wonderful week with our son, Brett. You pray for Brett and uh, pray for his traveling mercies and uh, him as 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 a person. I know he appreciates it. It's been great to have our son back home. So We're glad you're tuned in today. Now, here we are on the eve of Mother's Day. So let's get right into this. Open your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4, 2 Kings chapter number 4. This is Mother's Day Eve, if you will. And we want to talk about mothers. Before we get into the content of the Bible message, I want to say today that I'm thankful for my mother, Helen Pinkerton. She lives in Kirksville, Missouri. And she is a wonderful Christian lady, and just I'm so grateful every day that we have had and do have a wonderful Christian mother. And if you still have your mom, reach out to her and let her know you love her and appreciate her. And also, I'm grateful to say that my wife, Dorinda, is a wonderful Christian mother to our son, Brett. And I know he would confirm that, and she has just been a joy to watch her as a mother these past 26, soon to be 27 years of helping to take care of our son and raise him in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Plus, she's been a career person as well, and she's about to complete her career. So we're grateful for that. Also, I'm going to say this. uh, My mother, Helen Pinkerton, her mother was Irene Minnick of Greentop, Missouri, and she's with the Lord. One day we'll see Grandma as well. Then my dad, Eugene Pinkerton in Kirksville, he also, his mother, Violet Pinkerton, she's with the Lord. He had a wonderful mother as well. 
So we will get to see grandmas and mom and dad one day will get to see their parents as well because of Jesus Christ. And we're thankful for that. So let's get right into the Mother's Day message this morning. Go with me to 2 Kings chapter number 4 and verse number 8. This message is entitled this morning, Carry Him to His Mother. 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 8. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was, that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall. And let us set for him there a bed, and a table, and a stool, and a candlestick. And it shall be, when he cometh to us, that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber, and lay there. And he said to Gehazi his servant, Call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto him, Now say unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. And the woman conceived, and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. And when the child was grown, It fell on a day that he went out to his father to the reapers. And he said unto his father, My head, my head. And he said to the lad, Carry him to his mother. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 19. Folks, it was a good thing that this mother could be found, for the young man would not have known what to do with the little boy that was actually dying. The mother was not somewhere where she shouldn't have been. She was at home fulfilling the greatest career of a womankind, and that was making a comfortable home for her family. A lot of our Christian women today also carry careers, and they do it brilliantly. They navigate the waters of marriage, of parenting, and career, and they do it well, and I'm grateful for that. This woman was the originator, if you would, in our text of the prophet's chamber. Now, if you ever stayed in a prophet's chamber, sometime if you're a visiting minister, a minister's family, they'll have a prophet's chamber laid aside in some churches where you can stay. You can rest. You can clean up. You can just have downtime to get spiritually refreshed, physically refreshed before you go out to preach the Word of God, maybe for revivals, things of that nature, special meetings. But this mother, the Shunammite, she was uh, full of hospitality. She had many things going for her. And you know, folks, a real mother does. Mothers get up for you in the night, and they change your wet sheet and your pajamas when you're young. 
They warm your bottle up when you're an infant and they burp you. They cry a little when you go off to first grade or to <laughs> or to preschool. Mothers dig out strange old clothes for your neighborhood, you know, or for from the na- for the neighborhood to play on the back porch. Mothers eat the wings and the bony pieces so you can have the thigh and the pulley bone. Mothers make you wash behind your ears, tell you when you need a haircut. Mothers understand when things didn't go well at school. They stay up late folding clothes, making lunches for the next day. They keep dad encouraged. They are tickled when you hit a home run. And even if you did get your pants dirty sliding in to second base or home plate, they get excited and they encourage you. Mothers feed the dog when you forget to. They make you finish your supper before you can have dessert. Later, you understand why, and you understand why mothers cared about what you watched on television or on your cell phone, on your iPad, or on your computer. Mothers say, I know you can do it when you're really not sure whether you can or not. And they give you that attaboy, I knew you could, after it's all over. Mothers weep in prayer before God to keep you living right and living in a way that would glorify Christ. So they don't have to spend time dealing with things and weeping when things go wrong. Mothers cry when you get married, but rejoice when you get a new home, get a new job, get a better job, you get a new addition to your family. Mothers never stop loving you. And a good mother is about the best thing that a child can have on this side of heaven. So I'm grateful. I have a wonderful mother, Helen Pinkerton. I have a wonderful mother-in-law, Sharon Rubel. I also have had wonderful grandmothers. So it's a blessing to say that we come from a background of parents and grandparents that were strong in the Lord, strong in common sense, strong in work ethic, and in good Christian and biblical values. So they tried to raise us in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and encourage us in the ways of God. And even if they didn't go to Sunday school themselves, they, the parents, often encouraged you to go to Sunday school and to church. I had a grandfather that did that for my wife, or for my mother, Helen, and it was great. We were grateful. Now, as we look back in the early stages of our life to see how godly influence was inspired and put into us from our parents, whether our parents were saved or not, some unsaved parents were raised in Christian homes, and they knew that the best thing they could do was let their children get under the sound of the Bible in Sunday school or vacation Bible school or some special service, and they tried to make provision to get their families in the house of God. But carry him to his mother. That's the title of today's message. And folks, that's fantastic. So we go back to Second Kings chapter 4. This miracle child that Elisha had, Elisha had promised grew up to be big enough to go out to the fields and watch the reapers and get in his dad's way at work. One day he stayed in the hot sun too long and about cooked his head, I guess. Either that or he played too hard, he bumped his head on something, but either way he cried, my head, my head. So his dad was busy and dad said to the servant, hey, take him to it, carry him to his mother, which seemed like the logical thing to do. But the matter was serious, and the godly mother took off to get Elisha, the great man of God. Now, before we see how it all come out, let's take a look at this mother from the Bible's perspective. 
She was a natural hero, if you would, for a Mother's Day celebration. So let's notice about this mother. As we consider the message, carry him to his mother for Mother's Day. Number one, she was a great woman. She was a great woman. She was great in her kindness, in her love, and in her consideration for other people. In her care for her child, she was great. If God says she was great, then you can be sure that she was, friends. She was great in her courage. She may have uh, partly inspired the words of Proverbs 31 about the virtuous woman. The heart of her husband doth, uh, her husband doth trust in her, and she does him good all the days of her life and not evil. Proverbs 31, 10 through 12. She was a woman of strength and perception. Proverbs 31, verses 17 and 18. You see, strength and honor were her clothing. And she did not, and she surely did rejoice in the time when the time came that was proper. Proverbs 31 and 25. She was a mother that was not idle. She looked well to the ways of her household. She made sure that her children had what they needed or her grandchildren. And we live today, and maybe you're listening today, and you're a grandmother. And you're actually re-raising, or you're raising your grandchildren, because the parents are irresponsible. For whatever reason, they're irresponsible, and you have to make sure that that child or children, grandchildren, are provided for. God bless you. God loves you. We're praying for you. So this mother, she was a great woman, and there's a lot of great Christian women out there today under Pastor David's voice that are trying to raise their children and their grandchildren or their adopted children in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord. You're a great woman, ma'am. God bless you. Secondly, in our text verse here, we see this woman was not only a great woman, but she was a generous mother. You know, the hospitable woman constrained the servant of God in our text to eat bread, Elisha, at their house. When Elisha was in the neighborhood on the Lord's business, this was a good pit stop for the preacher. Too many people are uncomfortable, folks, truly, being around the man of God. Now, this woman and her husband were thus entertaining angels unawares. They really were. How much can it be? How much can it mean this trait of generosity? Today, we have um, generous Christian women running around in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in our households, and they strengthen our society. They're generous with their time, generous with their talents, generous with their treasures in supporting. The, the gospel of Jesus Christ and Christian ministries. And I know many Christian women, they not only support Christian ministries, but they even support Christian hospitals like St. Jude's and other good charitable organizations with their treasures and their time and their talent. So this mother was recommended by God and, and esteemed by God because she was a great woman. She was a generous woman. And many, many, many Christian women that I know personally are generous women. And you know what happens? Is our My mom was is a generous woman. My wife is a generous woman. But I also found out that my mother and my mother-in-law and my grandmothers were also generous women. So these women have grown up, my wife, my mother, and many others we've had in our churches before, have grown up emulating the hospitality that they saw at home when they were being reared. So this woman was was a great woman. 
this Shunammite woman. She was a generous woman. Thirdly, let's see, she was a perceptive woman. She was perceptive. Verse 9 of 2 Kings chapter 4 says, She said to her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. One who lives in the presence of God, who reads her Bible carefully, and who attends the things of God. Folks, she's perceptive. God has given you Christian women a perception that we men don't have. I do understand being married for 34, soon to be 35 years to Dorinda, that yes, men and women, God made us separately, and he didn't make a mistake when he did. He made us differently, and he didn't make a mistake when he did. And I'm going to say this today as well. Folks, God made men men, and he made women women, and there is no confusion in God's economy and in God's definition of men and women. We live in a society today that's trying to get you to accept that a man who is born with a DNA of a male thinks he's a woman just because he can have his sex change or alteration, his DNA chromosomes are still male. We don't buy that. God doesn't buy that. He made Adam and he made Eve and he brought them together and he said, this is good. That is God's way for a man and a woman to be married. It is God's way for that distinction to be made in the DNA that a woman is a woman and a man is a man. And it doesn't matter what the liberal media or media outlets or organizations try to tell you, or they want to change their names or their pronouns or whatever they want to be called. A man is a man and a woman is a woman. The chromosomes prove it out. End of discussion. God made you who you are, how you are, if you are a man or a woman, and he did not make a mistake. Amen. She was a perceptive woman. Some women are busy. Let me say this, though. You know what? Some of you women, shame on you. Some of you men, I'll get to you on Father's Day, so men, hang in there. Some of you women, you're just a busybody. All you want to know is what's going on in the, in the world, on Facebook. If you were as dedicated to Jesus as you are to Facebook and to other social platforms, then you wouldn't have time to gossip, and all you want to do is hear something new and be a gossip. Listen, Christian friend, Christian lady, don't be a gossip. I get it. I know there's something intriguing in everybody that wants to hear the latest, whether it's true or not, about some preacher or about somebody else. But remember this, if you're gossiping about people, they're also gossiping about you. Don't be a busybody carrying idle tales, the book of Timothy says, going about being silly, silly laden women. Don't be that way as a Christian woman. Some women are just busy getting about, busy climbing the social ladder, trying to keep up with the neighbors. They want to keep up with so many things that they're not perceptive about the things that really matter. In our text here, this great Shunammite woman, she was perceptive. And generally speaking, folks, God has made Christian women more perceptive than men. We men don't always get it. But fortunately, this, this child could be taken to his mother, and she was discerning enough to make sure that this young man needed to be in the presence of the man of God, Elisha. Now, the father obviously was out working, but there are times in life 
And there are times in my family with me and Dorinda and Brett where Dorinda has to has had to do big things to help Brett when I've not been available, couldn't be available, or whatever the matter was. She took matters in her own hands, following God, and did things that benefited our son Brett, like moving him to Buffalo, uh, New York, things of that nature. I'm grateful for that, and I'm thankful that she was a per, is a perceptive mother. But this lady was perceptive. So be a perceptive, spirit-filled mother, would you? And there is no substitute for a godly Christian mother. I've heard men, I know when I was being raised, I had a, a granny, they called her granny, my dad's grandma, Nori Hicks. She's with the Lord. She loved Jesus. And she had a big family herself, and she had a massive uh, congregation, if you would, of grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren. But when you went to Granny Hicks's house, she was a sweet old gal from the Boot Hill of Missouri, down in the cotton fields, who was transplanted, transplanted into Kirksville, Missouri, where I'm from. When you went to Granny Hicks's house, yeah, she'd feed you. Yeah, she'd love you up. But you're going to hear about Jesus. And a lot of my dad will tell you, a lot of my dad, his cousins, and many others, his siblings and many others, they loved Granny, but because they weren't saved, they were afraid when you went to Granny's house what Granny was going to do because Granny was going to tell you about Jesus. And she's going to tell you to quit drinking beer. She's going to tell you to quit smoking cigarettes and chewing tobacco and vaping. She was going to tell you to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior so you went to heaven and not went to hell. She was going to tell you about the Lord. No, she wasn't perfect. By golly, I think she's even tapped and smoked a pipe herself once in a while, like a lot of the old great women did back in the day. But she'd tell you about Jesus. And she was a wonderful woman. And we look back fondly. My dad looks back fondly on those memories now saying, you know what, that old soul cared about all of us. Yes, she did. And I want to remind you, any mother that will train her children, teach her children about Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection for their sins, is a beautiful, beautiful, valuable woman. That's the best thing she could teach her children Amen. is about Jesus Christ and the need to be saved and to know him. Amen. So when you add a woman's intuition with her knowledge of the Bible, with her perception, you're running into a pretty good buzzsaw made by God. She's going to figure some things out sometimes. I've often said about Dorinda, she knows what I'm thinking before I even think it. And that's what we get for dating for over four. When we dated for seven years, we're married for over 34 now. So <laughs> this woman, this Shunammite woman was perceptive. Thank God for perceptive women. Thank God for generous mothers. Thank God for great mothers. Number four, as we consider this Mother's Day sermon, this Shunammite woman in Second Kings chapter four, she was a spiritual woman. Fourthly, she was a spiritual woman. She knew Elisha was a holy man of God. You see, the natural man, we're told in 1 Corinthians 2.14, cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him or her. You see, spiritual things are to be understood by spiritual people. Daniel had to be brought in to interpret the handwriting on the wall because the astrologers and the fortune tellers and the Ouija board followers of Babylon, they couldn't determine what the message was because it was from God. It was spiritually discerned. 
And it took one that was acquainted with the God of heaven, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Lord Jesus Christ, to understand it. Many people go astray today, folks, in religious cults and in charisma and in confusion in today's worldly religions because they have no spiritual discernment. Either they do or they do not. They they don't know their Bibles. The way you determine things spiritually in today's society is by studying it and finding out and checking it out with the Bible. The Bible, the Word of God. That's how you figure out what's going on in the world today. That's why we know Jesus is about to come back again soon. And if you're saved, you'll go with him via the rapture. If you're not saved, you'll be left behind. But this woman was discerning. She was spiritually minded. And if a woman back there in Bible times understood, folks, our women today can be the same way. Are you a spiritually discerning mother? Susanna Wesley the mother of Charles and, and, and um, the Wesley brothers who started the Methodist denomination. She cried out, and I quote, I will not have a godless child, end of quote. You see, that should be the heartfelt burden of every mother listening today. The best contribution a parent can make to a child is to give that little boy or that little girl a God-fearing mother and daddy and a Christian home. Amen. Quickly, number five, time's getting away from us. On this Mother's Day, as we look at Second Kings chapter four, the Shunammite woman, she was a unselfish mother. She said, "Let us make a little chamber." She was thinking in advance of this weary prophet Elisha, who so frequently came her way. She wanted to make sure that her and her husband could keep the man of God in their home. They were willing to give up some of their own space, willing to spend something to help the Lord's servant. Excuse me. That gesture always is rewarded by God. You see, the Bible says in in Luke, give and it shall be given unto you. Luke 6, verse 38. The Lord taught it. Now, folks, if mothers are unselfish, their children will be unselfish. Their children will be unselfish. Now, time's getting away. I'm going to say this. If you had a godly mother, praise the Lord. I want to encourage you mothers listening. Maybe you're saved, but your heart's not warm and right with God. Ask God to forgive you. Confess your sins, 1 John 1, 9. And he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And then determine to live spiritually in tune with God. Spend time in the Word of God every day. And let God use you, continue to use you as a great mother on this Mother's Day. Now, maybe you're listening today and you'd say, Pastor David, I am a mother and I've tried to be my best, but I don't know today if I died, I'd go to heaven. Well, listen closely. Jesus died for your sins. He shed his blood on the cross for your sins and the sins of the whole world. He was buried in the tomb and resurrected the third day. You're a sinner. You can't save yourself. Understand this in your heart that God loves you and he gave Jesus to pay for your sin debt. And he did. Now, By grace, if you'll ask Christ to be your Savior, God will save you. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Follow me in this simple prayer from the sincerity of your heart if you'd like to be saved. Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I'm trusting you and you alone to be my personal Savior and take me to heaven. 
Now, folks, you've been listening to the Good Tidings radio broadcast. Happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers out there. And if you have a godly mother, you thank God for her and you pray for her and you love her and you call her and you be with her if you can. And celebrate mothers. Mothers are great. Pray for your mothers, love your mothers, and celebrate. Mothers, God bless you. The Lord loves you, so do we. And this is the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast. On behalf of Dorinda, Brett, and I, the Pinkerton family, we wish you a happy Mother's Day. God bless you all. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Oh, yes. Emmanuel